This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into a Sunday morning edition of the Level Flight Podcast. Brian is not here with us this morning, but Elliot is. We're going live. This is a new part of our content schedule. We're super excited to start this. We've wanted to try live streams for a long time now. And here we are. We're live Sunday morning. And we have a heck of a game to talk about. Last night, the Jets defeated. Perfect game. to 4-2. Yeah. Great game. Great game. And uh, this is going to be a fun one. Um, Elliot, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Was up a little late last night after the win, but uh, got a little power nap in essentially, and we're ready to roll. I'm I'm super excited for this. This should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and if, if you're listening back on YouTube um, or or on the podcast version, uh, this is new. Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. We're going to be here breaking down games. We think it's perfect because, you know, the Jets do play a lot on Saturday, so it gives us an opportunity to jump right in Sunday mornings and get going, get our thoughts on the games. And uh, of course, if we go live Sunday at 9 a.m., then we're not competing with the Illegal Curve boys who obviously are going live for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Um, but yeah, this is, this is going to be a, a heck of a time. I see Brian's in chat from the lake. Um, <laughs> of course he is. Brian from the lake, just kicking back with a coffee, taking in the LFP. Um, love to see it. Wish Brian could join us, but hey, at least he's tuning in. Um, Good morning to all. That is correct. Let's get into this game, Elliot. Um, the Jets, Hockey Night in Canada, top two Canadian teams in the league. Um, you can't say they didn't show up because, man, that was a heck of a hockey game. Just from start to finish, that was just a ton of fun to watch. Um, just your initial like big summary of that game. What, what were your takeaways uh, when the final horn sounded and the, the Jets won? You know, I don't want to be that guy, but uh, that was a big two points. But <laughs> that was a big two points. <laughs> but to elaborate on that, like that is a huge win for a Jets team that was on a slide. They've now won two in a row against. Obviously, the Penguins are kind of in the playoff race, kind of not. They're kind of shopping. They're kind of, you know, looking to sell. But then you play one of the best teams in the uh, in the league this year. Obviously, your first period is kind of meh. You kind of do your typical, let's limit the chances, 2023-2024 Jets thing. And then the game just broke. As soon as the second period started, the game broke wide open. Like, And then it was just chaos. It was yeah. as, as chaotic as it was, I think for this version of the Jets team, they prefer chaos. They like when they mix it up with another team. Well, I'm sure we'll get into the Adam Lowry hit that kind of jump-started everything oh but man. we have we have a lot to get to with Adam oh we, we have a lot to get. played an unbelievable game but yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a second but yeah go ahead. yeah it, it's like that that hit broke open the game and i think it effectively rattled the canucks enough that they were off their game and you know it's 
it, it, it put the Jets in a better position because they prefer to play when the other team is a little bit more heated than they were to start the game. Yeah, and like you said, that game started even the first 10 minutes, and then Vancouver got, got rolling like big time in the final 10 minutes of that first period. And I was thinking, like, this is not good. Like, Vancouver, top team in the league. They're starting to roll. Hellebuck kept them, like, kept them tied going into the second intermission. And then the Jets were able to bounce back from there. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> there's a lot of individual performances here that I want to get to. Um, you talked about Lowry. Um, let's start with him because I, I do want to talk about just the top line in general. But let's start with Lowry. I mean, if you didn't watch the game or you didn't see the play, um, he absolutely crushes a, a guy at center ice and then a Canucks player comes to the player's defense, drops the glove. And then Lowry absolutely wins the fight. Like it wasn't even a question. Um, and it was just, and, and the Jets get a power play out of it because the Canucks player instigated the, the, uh, fight. So he gets an instigator all because of the Lowry hit. Like he, he had an absolute absolute captaincy like legacy game uh from this season and that play was huge in the the time of the game is 1-1 the jets get the instigator power play and then go up 2-1 because the power play actually woke up we'll talk about that later on in the episode as well the power play but adam larry just absolutely changed the game with that one play the hit the instigator the fight shifted momentum gave the jets a power play and gave them the lead um I mean, yeah, Adam Lauer, what, what do, you, do you have any thoughts? Like what a game, one of his best games as a captain, one of his best games of the season, without a doubt. I think it's quite interesting because um, I had a little bit of a discourse during the game last night um, with a Canucks fan that was not all too happy about the instigator penalty. He didn't believe it was a deserved call, but it, it is what it is. I mean, you can say, if you watch the tape back, you know, you can look. Adam Lowry technically dropped his gloves first, but that guy... If he knew it was coming, though. He, he knew, knew was yeah. he was trying to get a jump on because he knew somebody was flying in, and that's why you get the instigated penalty. Not because you dropped the gloves first, but because a, another guy comes in purposefully to come and try to fight you. So yeah. I think that was a huge tide, tide or momentum-changing moment of last night's game just because yeah the they got a power play oh my god they did the thing that they we didn't think they could do they did Not it on the power play they passed the puck below the goal line i i didn't <laughs> connor i i'm not yeah, sure this but but you were allowed to pass the puck below the goal line it's not a non-zone for the puck like it it i sent something out last night too i said holy i i have it somewhere i said holy smokes the Jets figured out how to score on the power play. It's a miracle. Something along those lines. But it's it's all yeah. because they did the one thing that you, Brian, and I have talked about for weeks. Move the dang puck. What are we yeah. doing with this whole triangle motion thing? They got it below the goal line. They tried to pass it into the middle. Sure, a couple times. I think it was on that third power play attempt that they had. Um, Shifley got intercepted a couple times trying to throw it into the middle of the Monahan. Mm -hmm. But I would rather them try to force it into the middle, into that bumper spot, mm -hmm. than them just kind of cycle it and go, ah, no, you know what? I'm not going to try to force a pass to make a play. Look what happens when you force a pass to make a play. You actually get yeah. a chance to score. And and it was because of Shifley on the wall, Velarde below the goal line, making the play. Velarde gets the, the first goal of the game, kind of just a backhand short side. 
Um, and then the second power play goal was Sean Monahan. They go down low to Velarde. He goes up into the bumper. Uh, and Sean Monahan gets his first as a Winnipeg Jet. That was cool to see. Um, and again, only four games, but I think easily Sean Monahan's best game as a Jet. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, 100%. It, it's been it's been only four or five games at this point, but it's it's not a hot take to say that by any means. Let's get to the top line. And uh, they they absolutely dominated offensively in this game. We have the hockey stat card here. Um, we've brought these up many times on the Level Flight podcast. Thank you to the hockey stat cards who put these out on their Twitter. It is really helpful. Um, and as you can see, the top line, I mean, just one, two, and three. Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Gabriel Velarde. Mark Shifley had a four-point night. He had the fourth goal of the game for Winnipeg and three assists. Gabriel Velarde had the two goals. And then Kyle Connor, the play on the, the Canucks' second goal was really, really bad. Like, really <laughs> bad. Um, basically, he misses Tyler Myers, who, who gets by him, and then just kind of gives up on the play while Tyler Myers like kind of rumbles through the slot and, uh, and backhands one home, but he more than made up for it. (laughs) Tyler Myers. Yeah. He more than made up for it in that third period. I mean, the plays he was making at the blue line um, and then coming in on the two on one feeding Velarde for the first one and then feeding Shifley for the second one. Those goals were kind of mirror images of one another. And uh, yeah, Kyle Connor turned it on in that third period and he needed to because of how, that happened in the second period with that play on the Myers goal. Um, what stood out to you about the top line? I mean, obviously the Jets wanted this line to work. Uh, Connor, Chetley, Velarde, they reunited them right when they were all healthy. Um, but man, I mean, I think we saw the ceiling of what they could be last night because they they took that game over, especially in the third period. Um, and Gabriel Velarde snapped a big drought, scored two goals. Cal Connor looked like his explosive self again, at least offensively. And Mark Shifley looked every bit as a top-line center, um, scoring the big goal and three assists and not too bad defensively. Yeah, I will preface by saying I think the first two periods from that first line were kind of average. Like, I don't think that they were – yeah, they were all right. They were scoring on the the power play. Yeah, Yeah. they scored on the power play. But I think as a line individually, there was a little bit more of like – they got hemmed in their own zone a couple times. They couldn't get it out. They had long shifts, especially in that second period. And I think that it was a little bit nice to see that they kind of decided, nope, we're not just going to allow a bad or a not okay period to affect the rest of our game. We're going to go out there. We're going to take control and we're just going to make sure that we like secure this win get out of here with two points and head on to the next one. So I think, I think with, you know, Shifley really spearheading the line and making plays, I think that was huge. Obviously, yeah. you know, the, the second Kyle Connor goal is, is what it like, sorry, not the second Kyle Connor goal, but the second Kyle Connor assist, I should say, or oh. no, even the assist um, okay. yeah. was a little bit more of like a, the connects we could have play at their own blue line. All he has to do is make a saucer pass. It was pretty like, if you don't score here, that's not great. Um, but I'm just glad they converted because we've seen it so many times that they don't convert there. And I think they even got another opportunity right after they got another two on one, like maybe a minute later, like they hopped over the boards again and there was another turnover from the Canucks. Yeah. So well, the the third one, I think, was the most impressive goal of the night for me was Mark Shifley brings the puck in and gets crushed at the blue line, like flat out crushed. But because the defenseman stepped up, he was able to uh, 
let's let's get this out of here. He was able to then move <laughs> the puck and drop it to Kyle Connor, who then broke in and was in on a two-on-one with Velarde, and then Tyler Myers just covered like blank ice, like just didn't even didn't take shooter, didn't take passer. Um, so it was basically a two on O, and Kyle Connor just slid it over to Velarde. Yeah, that was not a good play by Myers. But the play by Shifley to get hit at the blue line and kind of power through, drop that puck and move. And then keep the play going, get the two on one. That was really impressive. And that top line, I mean, we talked about it. We we want to see Ehlers, Shifley, Velarde because of the analytics and what they've put up in their time. But if that top line plays that well, I, I don't think many people are gonna be too too mad because that that was a, a dominant period by every stretch yeah. of the imagination. That third. Yeah. The the only thing that putting that line together does is it puts Ehlers on the second line. And I feel like he disappears when he's on the second line. That's the only thing. He kind of goes quiet. Yes, obviously, he does his Nikolai Ehlers thing where he scores like two goals or he'll score a big important goal at some point and, you know, he'll make an impression on a game. But it really feels like sometimes when he's on that second line, you don't hear his name very much. He kind of disappears. Well, it felt well. like when he was on the first line, he was like, you could tell that he was there and he was doing his thing. I will say there might be a reason why you didn't uh, recognize Nikolai Ehlers last night and Cole Perfetti. And it's because Ehlers played 12 minutes and Perfetti yeah. played 10 or 10 yeah. minutes and, and 45 seconds or 50 seconds for Perfetti. So, I mean, what, again, when the Jets win 4-2, it's hard to sit here and be like, they need yeah. to play these players more. Um, but the process needs to be correct. We've said that many times. Um, and Ehlers and Perfetti playing 12 minutes or less uh, can't really happen. Um, Great, yeah. We talked about the top line. We talked about Lowry, and then it all comes back to Connor Hellebuck. I mean, he's playing the best hockey of his career. I I don't think that's a hot take by any stretch of the imagination. He went toe to toe with the other front runner for the Vesna last night, um, and was undoubtedly the better goaltender. Um, and had to I make mean, bigger saves. Yeah, like he he played fantastic, and the Jets will go as far as Connor Hellebuck goes. Um, and I saw a lot of people, especially like Canucks. Um, beat reporters as well who were saying, well, Connor Hellebuck did it again. Like, here we go. The Jets are going to be really good come playoff time because of how good Connor Hellebuck is. He's now gone 31 straight games, allowing three goals or less. Hellebuck. Like, there was the Jets streak where it was, it didn't matter who was in net, but now it's Connor Hellebuck, 31 straight games, allowing three goals or less. Like, that is an unbelievable run for a starter. Um, it speaks to the Jets' defensive structure as well. Um, but Hellebuck last night, I mean, same old, same old, just dominant. What what did you see from him? I mean, I think it's huge that you have as many chances as the Canucks had in front of Hellebuck. And it's just, no, pad save, pad save. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to block that with my chest. You know, oh, now I got to go over the other post. Sorry, pad save over here. And then the Jets clear it. And then that's the Canucks chance. And then they don't really get anything for another four or five minutes. Like other than that 10 minute stretch in the first period, which I really don't even think the Canucks were that threatening. They just they had a ton threatening. of zone time. Like they well, were yeah, in the that, zone for like 10 minutes, basically. Yeah. And that's what I mean. They were in the zone, but I really don't think they had too many opportunities where I was like, oh, they probably could have scored there. Right. And I, and I don't really know if that had to do with the Jets defense because Connor Hellebuck had to make one or two saves and the Jets would kind of flip it out. And then, then here come the Canucks again. Okay. Oh, Hellebuck. Oh, 
blocker that into the corner. Jets kind of can't get it out. Oh, now they're going to barely flip it out to center. They'll go for a change, right? So mm-hmm. I think he, when he makes save I, saves, I also think that his rebound control is one of his, next to his positioning, I think his rebound control is his next best attribute. Like he yeah. does not give up huge rebounds. Like if it's, if he is, he is so good at controlling the puck and Minnie makes a pad save. He softens the blow. He makes sure it doesn't like bounce way off his pad and goes somewhere else. Like for the most part, unless you're sitting right there, like that Juleson goal was, he was streaking in and it fell right to his stick. Right. Like other than that, if he's not there, if he goes to crash the net a little bit later, Connor Hellbuck's probably covering that or the jets cleared out because it was right in front of Hellebuck. And that was the only way Juleson was scoring was he had to go, and like essentially roof it. Juleson's first goal since 2018. Yeah, it was like as November 18th, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as that popped up, I was like, oh, the Jets are losing. Like they got players scoring from 2018. Tyler Myers scores. I'm like, yeah. man. This a is- goal that he scored, I like how he did on the Jets, like twice in the playoff game. Like, yeah. Yeah. It Tyler Myers, man. I was shocked to see him score. That was crazy, crazy stuff. I- as, no, if I'm being quite honest, as soon as he picked the puck up at the blue line and made a move around Kyle Connor, I was like, please don't tell me he scores here. Are we really doing this? Like Tyler Myers has that like weird, like offensive defenseman upside every once in a while where he like makes a really nice move, uses his reach and like just puts the puck on his stick way out there. And it's because his stick is so long and he's so tall with a long reach. He scores and it's like, are we really doing it's this? It's the like, same I'm thing not... with Logan Stanley. Like, it, no, I'm not even kidding. Every in the Sharks game, there was just oh like yeah, I guess three so. Random flashes where he just like dropped the shoulder and went to the net, and it was like okay. And then he would like pick the puck up behind the net on the rebound. It's like what? It's like kind of where did that come from? I, it doesn't happen as much with Stanley, but it does happen where it's just randomly like whoa, um, and you see a flash of like offensive upside. Um, yeah, Brian kind of hits the nail on the head here. Jets score a few, they'll probably win with Hellebuck in net, um, but they can still win games 2-1 or 1-0. We saw yeah. that in the Sharks game. We saw that in the Penguins game. Um, but when this team scores four goals, they are like very, very difficult to beat. Probably the most difficult team to beat in the league when they score four. Um, yeah. And come playoff time, that's going to be huge. And this is why we've been talking about the power play. The power play goes two for three i believe the final count two was. for three or something like that two yeah. for three um regardless they score two goals and that's like the difference there like that yeah. is game changing when you have connor hellebuck and you have this defensive structure um and you're able to score four goals and two of them come on the power play that that is how this team is gonna like push for the one seed down the stretch here and and be the top team in the west because it, they're good five on five scoring. I believe at five on five, I think they're like 17th or 16th um, in terms of just pure goals for they're higher in expected goals for. Um, so they're mm-hmm. generating more than they're actually scoring, but the power play can make up for some of those unlucky um, shooting slumps that we saw over the last six games when the jets didn't score, they were generating. It's just an unlucky shooting slump. It happened last year for, in, yeah. a, in an extreme fashion. Um but it was happening again this year. And like you said, off the top of the show, a big two points. Like, just simply put, this team hasn't looked like itself for a long time. You go um, hockey night in Canada, two top teams 
uh, two top Canadian teams in the league. Um, everyone's watching and you put up a great performance in a tightly contested game, an emotional game where the, there's hits, there's penalties, there's high hits, a few of them, there's fights. Um, and you, you shut the door, you come out in the third period and you, you boat race the number one team in the NHL on the road like that. Yeah. This is, this is, I, I, um, I believe Ark and chat said it off the top that the advanced stats did favor Vancouver last night. Um, but I, I think in that third period, um, the advanced stats, like, especially with Hellebuck, um, he can be kind of a neutralizer there. Like the Canucks can generate a bunch and they'll, mm. they'll be fine with Hellebuck in net. I think that third period was one of the best periods the Jets have played all season long. They shut the Canucks down um, and obviously took it from 2-2 to 4-2 in the third. So what else do you have on this game? Do you have anything else um, that stood out to you particularly? I guess we didn't talk about Monaghan, but he Yeah, great, I mean, he, lo- he looked good. I mean, yeah. I will say, um, after just checking Money Puck, the expected win was 60-40, essentially, 55-45 yeah. for the connects and and when you but, score twice in the power play that's that's the difference like how many times has that happened to the jets this year where they are where they are the 60 percent team on the deserve to win o meter because they controlled play but the edmonton oilers just scored three times on the power play so it didn't matter right yeah. like how well, many here's times that happen and they lose because of special teams like it, well and here's the nice other thing it was flipped it, yeah. it was nice it was flipped but at the same point the jets have also scored on the power play this year but then given up a power play goal. They made sure that they shut the door on the other side. I think that's the big thing. Because I think the Canucks only got two opportunities, but the Jets only had three. And they go two for three. And then they go and the, they make sure the Canucks go 0 for 2. So then you don't have the Canucks going, okay, well, we scored one on the power play. And like I can't remember which game it was, but there was a game where the Jets scored on the power play and they were it was one of the games part of the slump. It was when they were like three for one hundred million or whatever at one point. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like it was when they had scored a couple times on the power play here and there. But then they, I'm pretty sure they they gave up a penalty and then they scored. Then the other team scored on the power play like 50 seconds later. And it's like, okay, well now you've just neutralized your yeah. opportunity. The Jets yeah. didn't do that last night. It was fantastic to see. I was worried as soon as the Canucks got on the power play because you know it's Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson. Well, they and had you, chances on the power play, like oh, 100 percent, yeah. And and, yeah. and it's and it's a good Canucks power play. Like it's not a slouch. It's not yeah. the like they have been really bad as like, of late. They have yes, been really bad true. as of late because they, I remember seeing some of the beat reporters in Vancouver posting Friday morning that they were practicing like against air basically on the power play just trying to get a good feeling back like we've heard things like that with the jets because their power play struggling as yep. well but it's it, regardless of what they are right now and struggling um we saw the jets go two for three and they're over 21 in their last eight games so you the 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 flip can switch that quickly oh um yeah i think the, and, I and think the jets put a graphic up too saying it was i'm now that i'm remembering i think they put a graphic up saying the connector like oh for 27 for their last however many games right. and then the jets were two for three tonight. Like it's it special teams is a crap shoot sometimes, but I mean, I'm just glad that they scored twice and in sustainable ways. It wasn't like it was some weird bounce that they got lucky on or whatever. It was nope. You know, Velarde scores right on the doorstep. They go below the goal line to Velarde up to Monaghan in the bumper. Like it was a sustainable way to continue to score on the power play. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I I know Canucks fans, as far as I saw last night, had some issues with the officiating. Um, not happy, but not happy. A lot of them but didn't like the Lowry hit. Uh, a lot of them I'll didn't say. like the Lowry hit, but then a lot of them didn't think that the Niels Hoglander hit on Shifley was a penalty either. So oh, the, the I, JT Miller embellishment. That was yeah. Sorry, the yeah. sorry the Hoglander got in there, but I meant yeah. sorry. I meant to say the JT, JT Miller, Miller high hit. And then I also don't understand the yeah the embellishment penalty on Chifley. But I mean, I, let let let's talk about it because it, there was a lot of big hits and the officiating was a little interesting. It was shaky. It, nah, interesting. I mean, like I said, Hockey Night in Canada, two elite Canadian teams, shaky officiating. Like, what's better, <laughs> right? Like, throw shaky <laughs> officiating in there. Like, let let's do it. Um, the embellishment. Um, at first, to me, it looked like a hit to the head. I haven't seen a slow, super slow motion replay that would show me otherwise. But I think the what the ref is thinking there is JT. He's thinking that JT Miller hit him in the chest, and Shifley does the whole snap his head back thing to embellish to make it look like he got hit in the head. Yeah, I don't know if Shifley actually got hit in the head. I still have yet to see a replay. It obviously looked like he did because he snapped his head back. But I don't know if he actually did. I haven't seen a replay that definitively says like he got hit right in the head. Maybe I missed it last night. Maybe the broadcast they, didn't show a perfect replay. I, they showed I, an angle from the corner where Shifley standing kind of away from the boards, and Miller just no doubt. Well, yeah, Miller no came in and just smoked yeah. him. It just smoked yeah. him for no reason. Like Shifley's not part of the play. Yeah. I will say, I don't think that Shifley was embellishing, but I. Do you believe that Miller didn't hit him in the head? Miller hit him higher than he probably should have, but it wasn't mm. in the head. I think Miller I, hit him somewhere in the shoulder blades, upper chest region. And that's why Shifley kind of cocked his head back way he because fell. it was up here. It was still up yeah. here. And he kind of, it was kind of like a bang up here. So it looks like the head, but it wasn't. I don't know. It was the angle they gave on the broadcast was from the corner. Like from that same okay. uh, same side corner, and I'm sure it's somewhere. Um, but it it looked a little like he just hit him super high, but mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't head. But 100 percent that was interference. Like that. What like what do you oh, do, yeah. JT? What are you yeah. doing? Like and it's the way he fell. I think it also contributed big time to the embellishment because obviously he snaps his head back. Um, but Shifley also like kind of left his feet and like flopped on the ice. Like his body just like fell on the ice. Like he didn't go like this and then like stay on his feet. Or, yeah. Like, fall over. He, he like jumped to like yeah. snap his head. Which back. I also don't like, think right, he man, was, like, he also wasn't prepared for like, I think that was also no, why it was a little yeah. bit looked a little bit more dramatic was because yeah. he's standing there waiting. Like normally if you're going to come up behind somebody, you know, you cross check the guy or you, you, you check him from behind. You don't, yeah. As soon as he turns, come and just fly in and smoke him up high. Like I think yeah. that's why he was a little bit surprised. But yeah, I think he sold it a little bit too much. Um, but it's just yeah. interesting how they like distributed everything last night. Like it, yeah. it, 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 obviously, you take a look at everything after you go. Okay, well, most of that makes sense. But in the moment, you're going, "Okay, why did this happen?" And um, also, just to clarify. Um, for also if anybody was watching the game and didn't fully understand because they didn't explain it at all on the broadcast. They were all worried about the why the instigator was there. Um, oh, yeah. Just confirming, 
So obviously, Di Giuseppe gets two for instigating, five for yeah. fighting. Was the 10 also for instigating? I think so. Did he didn't come back? No, they, I, they, they yeah, said it was a they, they said it was a two, five, and a ten. And so yeah. and the and the broadcast was all worried about yeah. the two minutes for instigating. They didn't talk at all about um his I heard 10 yeah. minutes. So yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure why I, it was a 10 minute if it was because of the yeah. instigating and now in see I, I turned to my girlfriend because she said you heard 10 too, right? And I said, yeah. And she said, what for? And I said, is it, I'm not sure. Is it for the instigating? Like, I know they're trying to yeah. stop like purposeful fighting in the league for the most part, but, 10, but I didn't yeah. think that was something that the league was trying to do was, you know, you throw the 10 in there so that guys yeah. don't look for. Oh so, yeah. Here, hold on. I have, I have uh yeah, the, the NHL I'm on NHL.com says Philly Philip Di Giuseppe got an instigator two minutes a fighting five minutes and a instigator misconduct 10 minutes so um yeah Adam in chat here's got us covered um you do get a 10 I I saw him leave I saw him get tossed and I was just confused because I didn't know this um yeah and 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 like you said the broadcast didn't really cover it they were like oh Di Giuseppe he's he's gone and the Jets are going on the power play. And then they just went on. And then obviously the Jets scored on the power play. So they had a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, I thank you for the heads up. I I did not know this. And uh, it, it is I an interesting a, part of the game. Because mm -hmm. I do have a time. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. Di Giuseppe, uh, like a fourth line player for Vancouver. Um, and Adam Lowry. I mean, he's playing like a second line center this year. He's, he's playing out of his mind. He that play i mean we talked about it off the top because it changed the game so much and uh and it was uh it, it was the play of the game without a doubt adam lara 100 no i was just gonna say uh there was somebody uh who commented on twitter uh olive garden stand said that dj did come back so i'm assuming that oh. also as adam saying in the chat here as well um it, it was just like it, yeah, okay. yeah it was back in the third which I find interesting. Then what's the like? I guess you're. Well, it's not you a match act, penalty. It's yeah. just a pen. I, yeah. So yeah, I guess you kind of have to act as if it's a end of the period, five minutes for fighting. You go to the locker room, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It was just that matchup had a little bit more of a playoff feel than I was really expecting. Like those two teams started to hate each other by the end of the game. Yeah, and I thought that was really, really weird. Because and they don't really have really much rivals, history. Yeah. yeah, they're not really yeah. rivals. They don't have much history. It's not man. like, you know, the Jets play Hockey certain teams. Canada, and man. Yeah. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Like, like, simply put, Saturday night, top two Canadian teams in the league, that simply just does it, I think. Um, and, and Brian, like, kind of furthers your point here. This was 10 minutes ago. But Jets winning games like this, like, with a playoff feel, um, he said, makes him feel more confident that Shaver will look to add another piece. We've talked about it on previous episodes. Um, the pieces they could add, probably defense. I mean, they already added Monhan up front. And maybe they think Rucker McGordy is a player in the playoffs. So I don't see them adding up front. But on the back end, um, Chevy's been, he's had some interviews and he's kind of been non-committal, saying like, oh, we'd be fine if Monahan was the only ad, but we might look. And uh, he, he's obviously not going to say anything. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Brian. I think games like this show the GM hey, we have more faith, or, or show the GM that they can have more faith in the team to add at the deadline. Um, just a quick break right here. Uh, if you're here on YouTube, on Twitter, 
thanks. Uh, this is the first yeah. Sunday live that we've done. Um, and we've got a decent amount of people in chat watching here. So thank you everyone for spending your Sunday morning with us, breaking down the Jets Canucks 4-2 win. We'll be here every Sunday morning. I believe next Sunday the Jets play at like five. So that'll be a bit of a pregame show, bit of a pregame show feel to that one. Um, but yeah, this is super fun. New to our content schedule. We're releasing episodes Tuesdays, Thursdays, and now we're going live every Sunday. So thank you everyone for being here, checking it out today, February 18th on this Sunday morning. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet $5 on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Um, Elliot, let's let's talk just for a little bit. Brian brought up um, more. He's more confident that Chevy would look to add another piece. I just said it's probably on the back end. Who are we looking at? I mean, obviously, Chris Tanev. We could talk about him first. Um, is the main guy. He's the top defenseman on the market. I guess him or Noah Hannafin, both from Calgary. Um, but what are your thoughts on just who they could add? And do you think they add, period? I think it all depends on what they can get for the right price. I mean, it, well, Chevy, been, yeah, we know Chevy yeah, is going to wait for the right price. That's, that's he, his he's, he's a very, yeah. So, it all depends on what teams are asking and if they're going to continue to ask what they're going for, like what the, they want from a player as the deadline creeps up. I think the yeah. biggest thing is I'm still looking at what they're going to do internally because there've been a couple interviews. I believe Billy. that, yeah, there, I, I know that Billy, the whole, I don't want to say his name because the whole jets, universe is going to cry out for Villy Hanala and free Villy and everything, which I agree. Um, but I can't figure out if it is going to happen or not, because I, yeah. I, I apologize. Cause I can't remember who the interview, who was interviewing Chevy, but somebody did ask Chevy recently. I can't remember if it was, it was either Dave Manuk or Mike McIntyre. Um, and they, and Chevy said something about, we want to, you know, look internally first. And I know that's a very basic answer, but he name dropped Billy. He said, we want to give Billy games before we decide if we're going to go with Tanev or not. And I know what you're about to say. He it's said it's probably not like three years. Yeah. yeah. It's probably not like, going to happen. But at this like, point, those at are some empty point, words. Yeah. At some point, somebody has to say, okay, you have a track record of saying this. Like, Actions speak louder than words here. I know I know it's hard. Again, I spoke about it, I believe, on the Thursday show. Right. I know it's hard for the media 
to yeah i know it's hard for the media to say anything because they don't want to hurt chevy's feelings but like at some point somebody has to say look i know you have a track record for saying this when are you actually going to do it and well i think a, a big hurdle right now as well is the fact that they'd have to waive someone um and who who are their extras right now stanley kapari and gustafson yes or no gust or gustafson's on a conditioning stint but he's still yeah he still counts like they'd have to waive him um they'd have to waive one of those three to bring up Vili hanala um and and i'm not making that excuse i'm just saying that's probably their thought process they were also asked a week ago and said Vili hanala is not really at the speed or pace that they want him to be at um yeah. brian was on our last episode with us and he said he's been watching a few moose games and he thought Vili Hanala looked great. Um, obviously, he's a polarizing player. Like, he's the kind of player that can dominate transition and the little things um, and play good defensively, especially off the rush, and then have a back-breaking turnover, and he played bad or, like, had a bad game because it's it's one or the other, right? It's either he plays yeah. elite or he plays terrible. There's no there's no middle ground with Vili Hanala, um, especially online on, on Twitter and stuff. So it's an interesting – it's an interesting um, – Ryan's saying, throw Stanley at the door like the Fresh Prince. Um, I mean, I got it. Yeah, I, I would Jets, pay to see that. Clearly, the Jets think Logan Stanley's a player. Um, and honestly, I he didn't look bad in the three games. I'm not gonna lie, he didn't look bad. I don't especially in that San Jose game. By the third game, I thought he looked. I thought he looked good in that in that spot. But it's it's hard for me to believe in that from what else we have seen. We've from seen him. Yeah, I'm not saying he's like a new player and he's developed now. Um, but I do think he filled in. He filled in for those three games and he was just fine. He was good. Um, Brian brought up Sean Walker, another player yeah. from Philly um, that is is publicly available. I mean, they acquired Jamie Drysdale. Walker's a pending UFA. Um, they're gonna move off of him. I believe Nick Sealer is another UFA. Uh, defenseman mm -hmm. that is like big physical that they could target um and uh yeah hold on before we get into walker gilbert bringing up a, a great point here this is what i was trying to say he was solid last game but that's the exception not the rule we've yeah. seen what logan stanley is he was solid last game but that is an exception gilbert um spot on with that one but yes, yes sean walker i mean what what do we think i mean i think edmonton's gonna make a play for him at the end of the day, like I think they oh, need a puck yeah. moving right hand defenseman more than anyone. Um, and Edmonton needs to go all in. I mean, they only have, I believe, two years left of dry saddle and three left of McDavid on their current contracts before they'll like McDavid's gonna need a pay raise off of what he has even now. Um, and dry saddle as well. So they're gonna have to pay them big time. But uh Sean Walker, I mean, do you like the fit? He probably fills in for Nate Schmidt, Neil Pionk, maybe on that second, third pair. Um I, I like it, but I just think the Jets get outbid, simply put. Like, I think Edmonton um, is going to make a, a run for him. Well, I think Edmonton makes a run at whoever is available. Like, I think it really turns out to be that Edmonton's probably in on Tanev. They're probably in on Walker, and they're probably just going, okay, well, what do you want at this point, right? So it, it, it'll be interesting to see what the Jets do if they're going to wait it out and – just wait for a Nick Sealer's price to drop to like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like a three. Like I, I don't really know nah. what the market is for Nick Sealer, but you, you know, they probably mean. higher. 
a little bit higher maybe I, I, again i don't know either the market is so weird though we've been over this the past couple of years we go into trade deadline day and like some quality depth pieces go for like a fifth and then some like bad depth pieces go for like a two it's 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 yeah. interesting but it, it's yeah. it's it's all about league perception right um but i think it's god i hope not what gilbert's saying um but Gumba? i I don't hate it. I mean, again, it's... Like, I don't hate it, but I don't think that's what the Jets need. I think as much as I know it's the, the basic pick, blah, 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 but I think that getting Chris Tanev just strengthens a strength that you have mm-hmm. and makes it even better. And then hopefully you get the offensive numbers to come up because he's playing with a Jets team that has a little bit more talent, right? Like, I, I think that's the best case scenario. Chris Tanev, yeah. I think so too. And then there was a report. I'm not sure who it was, so I I can't give credit, but um, Rasmus Anderson's name got floated out there um, as well. He's got two years left on his contract. I mean, and the fans out there as well. Rasmus Anderson is the, like a huge swing. And I think he's, he's, his price is out simply because the Jets don't have their first, like maybe you can use Montreal's second, talk them into the fact that that's basically a late first. And then add in a prospect, like a, a few big name prospects, like a Billy Hanala and a, a Chaz Lucius. I don't know. Like Rasmus Anderson's a legit top pair guy. And, yeah. and he's got two years left. Um, and, and that would cost a lot. I, I do like the thought and the fact that his name was even out there was interesting. Um, yeah. But I think that price is too high. But what we've heard out of Chris Tanev is that the price is like a second round pick. Um, yeah. Which I feel like is low uh i i he's a one of the best defensive defensemen in the league um he can move the puck well enough to where it doesn't hurt him um in the transition game and again yeah like you said like i've said many times on the on this podcast strengthening a strength even further like getting even better defensively just sounds like a a a cheat code the jets just held vancouver to two goals on the road and carter helbuck's gone 31 straight games allowing three goals or less you yeah. add in a Chris Tanev to the blue line in front of Connor Hellebuck, they get even better and life is even easier for Connor Hellebuck. Um, Gilbert does bring up a great point here. Great point here. Um, he'd prefer mm-hmm. Tanev, but there are a lot of suitors. All the all the reasons I just mentioned, every team wants a guy like that. A guy that's going to block shots, be elite defensively, a veteran, rental. Um, there's a lot of reasons why there would be a lot of suitors. And that's why I think the second round price tag is, is not accurate. Like I, yeah. I think he's going to go for more than that. Oh, um, well, and I think the second round price tag should have meant that he should have been gone already. Like if I'm any team, I go, yep, here, have a second Kate. We'll take him. Like it yeah, should to get be... him for 30, 30 plus games instead of at the deadline. Yeah. I think, yeah, if that was truly the price, I, or the market's just not there. And the 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 flames put that out and like fed it through a media a, a, a reporter to be like, hey, we need to pump up the price to a second round pick, which I that that can't even be like plausible. I, I don't think that's no. that's true. Like, but anyways, yeah. We'll see. I, I, I think that the Jets, if they are going to make a move, it won't be till the deadline. Like I don't mm. think that they're gonna be one of those teams that makes a trade a week before and says, Okay, yep. Like that's it. Well, they they did it with Nino, yeah. and I could I could see them doing that again. Like they did it with Nino, where they gave up a second round pick, brought in a guy who's again top six forward and has been here now. Um, and 
Chris Tanev, they they could do the same thing. Like a week before, if they threw a second round pick and a a, a C plus prospect or a B minus prospect, apparently that's the price. I'm not like saying that that gets it done, but apparently that's the price. Um, yeah. And they do it a week before. I wouldn't be shocked, but we'll be here on deadline day. We'll be talking oh, about it. Um, we'll be live on deadline right up to the buzzer. I I'd hope so too. And and Ryan here saying great show, keep them coming. Thank you so much. We we really appreciate it, and we are looking forward to doing this every single Sunday. Um, I, I don't know how long we'll go on Sundays, but I'm having a blast here today. So, oh, this is let's great. keep talking. I mean, we're, we we covered Canucks Jets for the first half an hour. If you're just joining us, um, now we're just kind of talking trade deadline targets. Um, is there anything else kind of NHL wide, Elliot, that maybe caught your eye yesterday? I know you were at work for most of the day, um, but was there anything online? I'm trying to think of like what happened across the NHL. I know Connor Bedard. I guess we could start there. He's back. I guess he's he's the Calder favorite. I mean, he had a goal and an assist um, for the Blackhawks and the, the he's Senators. Probably just the Calder winner at this point. If yeah. I'm being quite honest, if they give it to anybody else, it's really bad for media. So at this point, you know, if you're the NHL, you might as well just give him the trophy at this point because yeah, one yeah. he is the best rookie in the league. Because to me, yes, I know that it it matters about points. But at the end of the day, Connor Bedard is the best skilled rookie in he's, the league. He's going to still lead in points, though. That's the thing. He probably too. He's, he's still going to lead right. in points. Yeah, that, that. Yeah, but I agree with you. He's the most skilled rookie in the league. And uh, Brian bringing up the Florida Tampa Bay. I mean, holy moly! I think Florida won nine two, and they well they the scored... Leafs won nine two over the Ducks. Like yeah. I know that's yeah. the Ducks, Matthews but it's still nine another hat trick. Matthew's oh, got another hat trick. Youngest and most hat tricks in Leafs history. Bah, 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 bah. Like, it's, wow, it's he can score. It's really goals. impressive what he's doing. It, I don't want to talk about this, but it's it's really impressive. Are you yeah. sure? Are, are you sure we don't connect to a uh, Toronto sports network? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, Tampa opened the scoring 24 seconds in, then Florida scored nine consecutive goals and one nine two. Brian is saying in chat. Um, yeah, nine unanswered. Like, you gotta call a timeout. You gotta, you gotta get. I mean, I know they pulled Vasilevsky, but you gotta pull out the stops, man. Nine straight goals, crazy. Um, yes, Gilbert bringing up in chat, and, and people are agreeing with him. Adams agreeing with him. Perhaps the Jets consider Rutger the big ad, especially up front. I'm excited to see him in a Jets jersey. I'd love to see Rutger with Niederreiter and Lowry. No, Good. like even if it's just for regular season games. Um, but I agree that I, I think the Jets might think this. And they might think that Rutger is the ad. Um, and and that's not even like bad thinking on their part because Rutger is tearing up the NCAA right now. He's absolutely dominating. And, and if it means good. it gets uh, Mason uh, Ovechkin-Appleton out of the lineup, I will take it. Did you see what he did last line, night? Did you see? He took another no. one-timer. It hit the crossbar and he put his hands up like this. Oh, right. Because yeah. he thought he scored I again. And I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh my god! I thought, I thought someone was gonna screenshot that because that was really funny. Like, oh, yeah. the, the just, goalie's like looking over there, and Appleton's just like this. It's like, no, you didn't score, man. No, um, you hit, but no, that you was, hit the outside, the way outside of the crossbar. Like, I think that was going over, and it like barely got the crossbar, and it still made the sound. Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, but. and Patty Wall from Twitter here bringing up a good point. Um, he wonders how keyed in other teams are on his injury troubles for for Chris Tanev. Um, I didn't switch topics there. Sorry, I'm just talking, just yapping. But um, he's asking, does a second and Lucius get it done? I think so. 
I mean, the the asking price being a second makes more sense when you take into the the injury history and things like that. And then Lucius, I don't know what is he at this point. B minus B prospect. I don't even think he's a B. Like that's my issue. I don't know how much value Shaz Lucius has anymore because of but all these the injuries. Price is like a, a second, and, and he's he, the like, throw in. Lucius yeah. To, to uh, no, well, not necessarily the throw in, but like yeah. Lucius to outbid everyone else, like and who the prospects they're offering up. Um, I could see it. I mean, um, Adam, like I said earlier in chat, he's with Gilbert. They want they want to see Rutger. People are excited. Um, oh yeah, that that Brian brings up a good point. Maybe Patty was talking about Lucius' injury history, but Chris Tanov also has a bit of an injury history. I mean, he plays on the edge too. He blocks a ton of shots. Um, and he's 34 years old, so maybe teams aren't willing to pay that much for a guy who plays so risky and and could break his hand on a shot on on any shot. Um, Gilbert agrees with your take about Rutger. Um, Appleton can still be serviceable in the fourth line. Yeah, uh, the Jets can have an elite fourth line. They have a good fourth line right now. They're just not really producing. Morgan Barron left the game last night with an illness. Um, should be fine. Um, yeah. I don't think that's. Um, brings up a great point here. Um how long until McDavid takes over the points lead and what is Matthew's goal total this season? I think he hits 70. First of all, on Matthews, I think he's on pace for 67. That's my, that's my exact. (laughs) (laughs) And you, okay. I think he hits 70. I think he's on pace for like 73. Um, and he's already got six hat tricks on the season. Like we're in mid February. It's ridiculous. I think he hits 70. How long until McDavid takes over the points lead? After last, I haven't checked after last night's game because the Oilers and the Lightning both played. And I don't know. Well, I guess the Lightning only scored two goals and got boat raced. Um, but betting odds, Brian saying betting odds like McDavid to catch Kucherov. I mean, I, I checked before yesterday's games and he was 13 points back. Like the Oilers equal, did right? win so, last night 4 3 in overtime over the yes, Stars. Like, over Dallas, which. We like Jets moving back up. They they got to catch. I think they'll catch Colorado. They have games in hand. Um, but yeah, six points back. Okay, here we go. He has 81. Kucherov has 94. Brian coming in with the stats from the lake. Look, Brian's still being a big contributor here. We appreciate it, Brian. Um, but yeah, here there you go. 13 points back. Uh, like 30 games to go. I don't know, man. It's probably gonna, it's gonna, I think he does. It's it. going to be I close. Think he does it. It's, <laughs> it is. Um, Adam bringing up a great point here. Barlow is on fire as well. 14 goals in his last 10 games. I'm not saying for this year, but imagine a second, third line of Rutger, Lambert, Barlow. Those three play styles feel like they work perfectly off one another. You got the speed guy in the middle with Lambert. Um, and then Rutger's kind of the power skill guy, and Barlow's the sniper. Um, that would that would be awesome. That sounds see. like a dream that only like, would happen in NHL. 24 the 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 draft picks man that the if they all hit at the same time the first round picks that would be that would be something but you're a big colby barlow guy you were at the draft you were happy when the jets took him. um i know you you haven't watched any owen sound attack games or maybe you have a couple I, i've, I I've caught a couple you clips. have okay okay then. i've caught what, a couple clips he looks back to normal he looks back to normal i but here's the other thing it's a different level of hockey that he's playing at like i know that obviously the the uh chl is not anything to laugh at obviously it's the like top junior league in you could say the world right Mm -hmm. like 
it, it's it's hard to knock a player, but you even see it. Like obviously, I'm calling the Winnipeg Wild U18 games. There are kids that you know. There's the exceptions. There's the Jackson Jacobson. I don't know if you know who that is, um, but you will know who he is. Um, okay. He's he's tearing up U18 and he's also tearing mm. up the dub. Like he's gotten a couple call ups to the Wheat Kings this year. Oh, yeah. uh, Brady Turco as well. Um, but like. It's a different level. Like you, you see here, here's a good example. Like Jacobson is like tearing up the U18 AAA league for the AAA Brandon Wheat Kings. Like he has like 80 point. I forget what the exact total is. I want to check it because um, I'm a very specific person who wants to know <laughs> the stats. Um, I won't have to scroll very far. He's up at the top here. Uh, he has 91 points in 31 games. And that's at U18. Now, here's the thing. He went and played his first game in the dub. He had a goal and two assists in his first game, right? Like there are players that are just going to play well at specific levels. And I think that's Colby Barlow. I think Colby Barlow is a very good OHL player, right? He he scored 40 in a season for a reason. He's probably, I, I don't know what he's on pace for right now, but like, 14 and 10 and i think he had 10 already like he's probably gonna eclipse 30 he'll probably get to 40 again right it'll be what happens if he wants to take that step up right there is a step we saw it with brad lambert where you know last year he was with the moose didn't play well then stepped down the to the whl and played really well right and so obviously that helped him for his development with rucker in terms of the step like yeah Rutgers having an unbelievable year for Michigan and Barlow's playing good. Lambert was an AHL all-star as a center uh, this year. Like you could not, the, the second line that he proposed there, Adam in chat, Rutger, Lambert, Barlow, you could not be more happy with how those three guys have played this year. Like Barlow, he got the early injury with his back injury, but he bounced back and yeah, now he's tearing it up 14 goals in his last 10 Rutger. I feel like every time I check my phone, he's winning ncaa like player of the week or player of the month and he's just putting yeah. up ridiculous points for for a michigan team that's really good they win the whole baker this year like no and, doubt and brad lambert again as a center ahl all-star um unbelievable from those three prospects um <laughs> brian asking can matthews get back to a goal per games played pace i don't know man that's that that would be unbelievable if he did that in the in the era of hockey that we live in i know scoring is up but to do that is ridiculous. My question it, on the, the thread of this, should Alexander Ovechkin and, and Wayne Gretzky's goal records be, be concerned for Austin Matthews? I honestly think they should be. I think they should Austin be. Matthew, but... Austin Matthews, like it, it, the fact that he's going to hit 70 this year, whatever, he hit 60 the other year. Um, it Can he do it for... Yeah, saying no. Brian says a hundred percent yes. I think I think they should be worried. I think so. What do you think? I think that they should be a little bit worried. I just I have to say this is quite funny how this trajectory is going for Austin Matthews because it his his career trajectory really feels like a replay of Alexander Ovechkin's career, like just scores a lot of goals in the regular season. He, he, yeah. he's he's scoring, but like. But not how winning. Long, yeah. Right, how yeah. long did it take it's, Ovi to win a cup? He couldn't yeah. get past. I know it was. It's a little. Here's the thing. 
the Tampa Bay Lightning to the Leafs are how the Penguins were to the Capitals. I think it's a little yeah. it's a little funny how parody works in sports, but like you also have to remember like this Leafs team also lost to the Canadians in the first round in the Canadian division and like um yeah, yeah Brian, Brian they, that brings was, up a good point. I think but, that was their chance. Like really oh, that was their chance. The Canadian division when they were the one seed that was and they choked to the like under 500 canadians i know that was hilarious that was even the jets beat the canadians yeah they haven't had a better chance and they won't have a better chance than that i don't think Uh, especially since they just paid nylander they have marner Tavares, matthews i we we don't again this doesn't have to get into a leafs discussion this morning i just wanted to talk about matthews because is historically him as a player is yeah him yeah, as a player this, is this next comment to is, is spot on. Matthew's ridiculous, but Leafs probably still on the yeah. first round. Like they have a lot of issues. Um, yeah, Brian, don't be surprised if he plays at a high level until he's like 37 or 38. That's what he's gonna need. That's what Alexander Ovechkin did. He scored 50 goals like a year or two ago. Um, that's what Matthew's gonna have to do to get there. Uh, but yeah. him scoring like 70 and stuff is gonna give him give him some oh, some runway chance to really give him a good shot. Um yeah, I think we covered. Thank you to everyone in chat. I mean, giving us yeah. NHL topics to talk about here. Um, again, if you're just joining us, we talked Jets Canucks off the top 30 minutes roughly of the Jets 4 2 win. A great game, hockey night in Canada, big hits, uh, shaky officiating. It was really fun. And the Jets come away with the win. The top line dominated Connor Hellebuck. Um, thank you to everyone for joining us this morning. Oh, uh, first this Sunday morning live. This has been super fun. We're excited to do it again next week. Like I said, the Jets play next Sunday. So that'll be a sort of a pregame show vibe to it. I believe they play Arizona. Um, so we'll we'll preview that game. Join us again, 9 a.m. next Sunday. Um, and yeah, unless you have anything else, Elliot, that, that's going to wrap up our first live. This has been fantastic. I've had so much fun interacting with everybody and, you know, just getting to chat hockey. Like this has been. Oh, yeah. Oh my God. Excuse me. Uh, so good. It is early. See, it is early. It's early. Yeah. I'm waking up, you know, this is a good way to start the morning. If you know, great you're way. listening to this yeah. back or just catching it as in, this is a great way to start the morning. Um, and, and it's just so much fun and yeah, more content coming this week. Yeah. Like it's, it's and, just going to keep coming. Yeah. And the jets, they play Monday. It's uh Louis real day, I believe here in Winnipeg, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the jets, play 3 p.m. against Calgary, not here, um, but there's games all day in the NHL, a lot of days off. And then Tuesday uh, night, big game, uh, the Minnesota Wild inside Canada Life Center. I mean, I know a lot of people have tickets for that game. It's, yeah, rivalry. You talk, We talked off the top about how this game was physical um, and it was fun. That game is going to be physical and fun. Adam's in chat. Good job, guys. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you. Both my weekend mornings are booked. Now, yes, of course, we couldn't do Saturday mornings because, you know, Illegal Curve Hockey Show, Saturday, 9 a.m. We're not stepping um, on toes here. Not stepping on toes. Oh, no way. Um, but love what um, uh, uh, Dave Manuke is, is such a nice guy. I've talked to him many, many times in the press box. Um, love what Illegal Curve does. I'm, I'm tuning in every Saturday morning, of course. Patty Watch, cheers, boys. Happy long weekend. Predictions for Jets Wild to bring us home here. Um Give me, give me three, three, one jets in like a, a scrappy game. 
give the me, wild just don't generate don't generate good <laughs> you're gonna hate this give me two one jets with a controversial hit at some point during the game <laughs> yeah and the game ends in a shootout because that's how over uh, that's how that game would end after all the controversy that, that will happen it'll end in a shootout and oh and 303 yeah. overtime will be just flying Kirill Kaprizov will hit a post and Josh Morrissey will hit a crossbar and then the game All ends right. in the shootout because <laughs> you know that's just how that goes yeah yeah it'll be fun the the over under on the controversial hits is the what I'm looking for um no that'll be a great game. once again yeah we'll um once again thanks everyone who's here with us Sunday morning come back next Sunday if you're listening on the podcast we are going to upload this as a pod if you're listening come join us live Sunday mornings YouTube we're also streaming on Twitter, I believe, through StreamYard here. So um, you can watch through Twitter. You can watch through YouTube. Join us next Sunday morning. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. And we will see you. We will talk to you next on Tuesday, breaking down the um, the Jets-Flames game and previewing the Wild and Jets game that everyone is hyped for. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Peace. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.